Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Inside of Edge podcast here on the WZWA Network. I'm your host with the most on the West Coast, California in Fury. It's a joy to be with you all once again. And speaking of a joy, right here, right now, I get to talk to the NWA World Television Champion. Here's the one, here's the only, here's Mr. Tom Latimer. How are you, sir? Hello, I should have brought the uh, the belt. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, I mate. Up the gym call, so, uh, <laughs> I wasn't thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, thanks for uh, taking the time to speak to me here today. And uh, our first question, as per usual, Tom, is uh, how did you become a fan of professional wrestling before you got into the business? Um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't something that I grew up on. Um, my yeah, my family wasn't into it. We didn't have um, Sky, which was cable, and so I just uh, you know I'd have to go to other people's homes or whatever, or people that my parents went to church with to go watch Raw or whatever and step to one in the morning. Um, so I just basically stumbled across it because a bunch of my friends at the time, or at least other kids in school, this is when wrestling was still popular. You know, when you were a kid. And so I saw everyone throwing and suplexing the bags around and everything. And I, and I had no idea what they were talking about, but everyone was into it. And so little by little, I'd sort of like get hold of VHS tapes or, uh, you know, um, like I say, stay over at people's homes. And, um, and funnily enough, I found uh, WrestleMania 8 at my grandparents' house. And so, and there's no reason why that should have been there. Uh, so you know, there was just like lots of little bits that I sort of collected over over that time frame because I just had no had no access to it, but everyone was really into it, so it just kind of developed from there. And then once I saw Foley get chucked off the cage, that's when I decided that that was you know seemed like a great idea. <laughs> Awesome stuff. It sounds very similar to my experience becoming a fan of, of wrestling, uh, you know, when, when it was quite popular back in the 90s. But um, yeah, being from Perth, how old are you access, now? How old are you, I, I'm actually 36, so I believe we're... Yeah, we're same age as me then, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it was hard to get access to it over here. We did get uh, WWE and a little bit of WCW as well, but everything else was just slim pickings uh, as far as, you know, being so isolated here in Australia. Yeah, um, it was the same in the UK. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so that's really cool, that, you know, the way that you were able to become a fan there. Um, and okay, there's, there's a point in time where, okay, you've been a fan, but you, you have to make this decision to go for it and you've got to find somewhere to get trained. Um, right. What made you decide to go for it? So weirdly enough, again, my grandparents went into wrestling. There's no reason why that WrestleMania 8 tape should have been there. But they, they, uh, they knew a kid who was a few years older than me that went to the same school. I didn't really know him. Um, and she my grand told me oh this this kid that you went to school with who's a few years older is is now wrestling and in my mind i was like oh wow he's wrestling for wwe i had no idea there was independent wrestling and stuff like that so on mine i'm like what and so weirdly enough i'm out drinking on a night out with a friend of mine when i'm when i was a kid i don't know i was probably around i don't know 14 15 and I bump into this guy, this 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 kid that's older than me, uh, on a on a on a New Year's Eve, and so we get chatting. Uh, next thing you know, I'm uh, re um, refereeing for uh, for Sovereign Championship Wrestling. You know, didn't know what I was doing, and then from then I started wrestling on their shows too, without any sort of experience or whatever. They just let me go on there, and I could pretend to be Jeff Hardy or whatever. 
Uh, and then once I was 18, uh, I moved to Leeds. Uh, sorry, I moved to Harrogate, which is next door to Leeds. And somehow I stumbled across Jeff Kay and Drew McDonald's school, and they were some uh, old world of sport veterans. Drew was still wrestling a lot. And Drew and Jeff had connections to, uh, to, to WWE. Like Jeff was friends with Finley, and uh, Drew became a talent scout for a while. So weirdly enough, I found this school in the middle of Leeds in like a dirty gym uh, in the middle of nowhere. And somehow, there's only a few of us too, we're just training on mats. And somehow this one place that I find for some unbelievable unbelievable reason has a connection to WWE. So eventually I started getting on shows and things like that and wrestling for, uh, you know, local promoters around the area and things. And little, little by little... I start going to the degree tryouts. And so it was just sort of like, I guess nothing is a coincidence, is it? But it's very bizarre to think that I found the one place that had a connection to degree, which then helped me get to America and things like that. It was, it was just, I was incredibly lucky really thinking back. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. And, uh, you, you know, you get to this like crossroads, you know, this is something that you wanted to do, but um, you know, what do you think you would have done if you um, didn't get into pro wrestling? What do you think you would become? <laughs> I don't know. It's quite horrifying to think, to be honest. Um, I really don't know because I wasn't very good at school at all. Um, I, I did. My parents made me go to catering college for two years when I left school at 16. Well, 15, 16. As a backup, the wrestling doesn't work well. You can be a chef. Uh, so I did do that, and somehow, by the skin of my teeth, I got my MVP level two in hospitality and catering. So I'm a quote-unquote qualified chef, but luckily I never needed to use it. Um, lots of them, my other friends did. Um, <clears throat> so I don't really know, because at the time I was like working in cardboard box factories and sort of just doing these dead-end, awful, awful jobs. And so I'm sure at some point, when once I can't wrestle anymore, I'll go back to that. But it is what it is. But uh, I, I really don't know. I uh, I can't think it would have been great. I was doing a bit of security work and things like that before I came to America. So I presumed I'd have probably carried on that sort of line of work. Um, you know, doing security is slightly better than working in a cardboard box factory. So <laughs> I think that's amazing. A cardboard box factory. Like, that yeah, have you seen that? You're a Simpsons fan. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, what I was thinking about. I think every time I'm like, well, that cardboard box factory episode. Yeah, that, that could have been me. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent. Um, so, okay, the, you're talking about how this company has these ties to uh, WWE, uh, and there's obviously an opportunity for you to go to the to the US. Um, I, I was really interested to ask you about this because I have a friend called Rob, and growing up, he was so big into film. He wanted to make films. He wanted to be a filmmaker. So where did he go to do that? He moved all the way to Los Angeles to chase his dream. Whereas I think a lot of his friends never really believed he was actually going to do it. They just thought it was just like a, a phase or a, or a hobby. But he really went for it. And I've always been so proud of him because of that. Um, for you, like how difficult was it for you to chase this dream and literally move to, you know, near, you know the other side of the world um, to, to, to chase it? So um, I I grew up on, you know, wrestling and American TV, Simpsons, all that kind of stuff, right? And so I always felt like I was born in the wrong place. I recently watched the Arnold documentary on Netflix and 
And he's talking about, oh, I just sort of, I did the same thing. I'd lay in bed staring at the posters when I was a kid, just, you know, envisioning, hoping that I would get to America and become a pro wrestler. And he felt, Arnold felt like he was born in the wrong place and he should have been American. That's kind of how I felt too. Um, so, I, you know, for me, being some, you know, idiot kid from, from Chesterfield uh, in the UK, uh, I, it, it was like, you know, I knew I was going to make it, it, as weird as it sounds, I knew I was going to make it, quote unquote. I, I knew I was someday going to get high by WWE and live in America. But it was just as, you know, difficult as me deciding one day, okay, I'm going to be an astronaut and walk on the moon. You know, that's how far away it seemed to be. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, um, it's, it's, it, like I said, it's something that I, I I knew I would do, but it just seemed absolutely impossible. Um, but it, again, it was like a lot of um, a lot of good luck, a lot of stumbling into the right uh, situation, meeting the right people. Because even when I started trying out for WWE, I was maybe I don't know nineteen twenty at the time. Um, I start. I had my first tryout in two thousand. I think I started wrestling kind of wrestling in 2002 untrained i started getting training in proper training in 2005 um and by that point i pretty much started having tryouts that do me right away even you know even though i didn't really know what i was doing and the, one of the first times that i went there uh they I had a match on heat it was me and a friend of mine that was at the school against uh, snitsky and tomko and i remember getting my head taken off by Tom Coe's or Snitsky's big boot or whatever in line there in the corner and hearing the hearing the hearing the place go mad and then looking at the looking at the turnbuckle and seeing the WWE logo on and being like, I can't believe that I'm in this ring right now. This is mad. Um I don't, I don't really remember a lot of that day. It was kind of a, a scary blur. But um from that point I, I sort of had I had tryouts for the next sort of five years. And I either was told nothing or, uh, I, I, you know, it got to the point where I think in 2007, uh, Drew, Seamus, Wade, um, a couple of other guys and some, some of the guys that I went to my quote unquote school with, they all got hired except for me. And on that same day, I got a, a phone call from my my boss at my real job. I was working in this like a CD music shop. And he said, sorry, Tom, you've, you've lost your job. So on that day, everyone got hired and got to go to America, except for me, and I lost my real job. So at that point, I thought, okay, I'm never going to get, you know, when you're that age, you think that it's already, you think that you're too old, it's already over. It's like, no, 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 it's just be patient. Like wrestling is, there's just a lot of, you just got to be patient. There's some people, um, you know, that I started with uh, that have only recently in the last couple of years got hired. So, it just takes time. I think, you know, you have to not be delusional. Like You obviously have to be competent enough, but essentially if you just keep throwing shit at the wall, it'll eventually stick. Um, so I quit for a year and I got a real job. I cut my hair off. Um, and then one day I was sat watching it on TV and I thought, no, I've got to, I've got to try this again. Then so then I went back, had another tryout on Anderson noticed me martin stone and uh, rampage brown and then brought us back the next time and they hired rampage and they hired martin and nothing was said to me and i'm like oh here we go again this is your know, number this is the fifth year of nothing and so drew dragged me in front of johnny ace and johnny ace sort of 
He's like, you know, what steroids are you on? I'm on nothing. He's like, all right, we're going to send you a piss test in the post. If you pass it, you come into Florida. If you fail it, we'll never deal with you again. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Piss test and I was all right. So, but again, it's kind of one of those things. Maybe had I have stepped up and said something before, I might have got hired or, or, or what. I don't know. But it, it definitely was disheartening for sure. But after five years of trying out, finally in 2009, I got signed. 2010, that's when I finally came to America. Right. So there you go. Like, you know, it, it goes to show when you keep persevering, you know, uh, it can work out in the end. And you end up getting um, uh, hired uh, there by WWE and you spend some time there in their developmental program, FCW, NXT, etc. I don't want to harp too much on the WWE experience because I've got so much about the NWA that I want to talk about. Um, but just that experience, can you tell me something like you, you learned a lot uh, you know, about maybe yourself, uh, maybe the top thing that you learned about yourself and, and yeah, just, just, you know, some other thoughts in that experience overall. Well, I know that America is similar to England. It's it's not, uh, everyone speaks English, that kind of stuff. It was still a massive culture shock. I didn't drive at the time. Uh, I was 24 when I got here. Still haven't really lived or done very much, you know, Uh, not really traveled that much. So the whole thing was definitely a culture shock. Uh, and then walking into that place too, um, I, I'd i spent all my younger years in the Attitude Era days and or before, and even leading up to coming to America, that's all I watched was, you know, tapes between like 97 and 2001, right? 2010 when I get there. And so I've got this skew with vision of what it's going to be. And I think that when I got there, I went, oh, wait, this isn't, this isn't what, Silly me, I, I thought, oh, this isn't what I grew up watching. This isn't the era I should be in. I, you know, I it kind of, I I think that it probably, my dreams broke right there. And I went, oh, because I mean, this was around the time they were doing, and I was lucky to not get added to that. But the NXT thing where they're making them do, you know, silly things or whatever, like to seem like a bit of a, of a burial. Um, I don't know. I just got there and went, oh, man, my dream isn't what I thought it was going to be. And I think my dream just broke right then. Um, but I'll say this, that, you know, it, working in the UK back then, there wasn't, you know, TV. There wasn't, uh, you didn't cut promos, you didn't do any of that kind of stuff. So my time there was uh, incredibly helpful because it helped me be able to cut promos and be able to know where the hard time is and just do all that TV-esque wrestling that I didn't have to do before because I could just be a cheerleader and nothing needed to make sense. You know what I mean? It was just more entertaining kids that kind of wrestling in the UK back in the day, it's more like a family-friendly show, like, you know. Um, and so it was getting used to that sort of, you know, style. And then I was really lucky in the fact that Dusty saw something in me and, um, you know, he he sort of helped uh, sort of guide me and push me a lot. Him and Bill lot. and I think without those two people, I'd have definitely suffered uh, there or um, not had the intestinal fortitude to, to persevere and push through. However, at that time still, though, I I was still a big drinker, I, you know, a decade later, I finally, you know, managed to get over that hump, but drink was always a big problem. And the first two weeks I was in developmental, I got a DUI right away, um, reduced to reckless. 
but still that was you know i've been there two weeks and already i'm in trouble with the law um and then they i from what i was told it got apparently i don't know if this is true it got to vince and vince went out oh, whatever i don't know who he is fine <laughs> so that was okay it, you know i don't know again if that's true or not but that's just what i heard um and then again still drinking i'm still partying and you know, I, I think I'm kind of miserable. Uh, there's a lot of other things going on in my life as well. Uh, so I'm still obviously drinking a lot. And then just at the time that me and Ryan are starting to sort of like get some good stuff going with the Ascension, we've got cool videos and everything's sort of coming together. I didn't know what I had at the time at all. Um, I think I was also slightly egotistical with thinking, oh, I'll be, I'll be okay. And then when I got arrested for um, battery on a law enforcement officer and um, drunk and disorderly, I mean, that's a deportable, uh, it's mm. not good. So, you know, luckily with that, I managed to get, again, like get that taken care of and did uh, whatever things needed to be to apologise and, and make amends. But WB obviously went, oh, you know, you've got an issue, we don't, you've got to go. And so... I remember like sort of emailing Johnny Ace and if you, you know, Johnny was the one that hired me and he did, he did a lot of good things for me when I was there. Like my granddad got sick and he flew me back to the UK to see him. And um, there's one point where I was struggling. I didn't have enough money to buy a bed. And so Johnny put me on the road for a week. I did like a loop of raw to make extra money. Like, you know, he went, I was one of his highest. So he went out of his way to sort of like, uh, and again, I didn't even think anything of it at the time, but you know, he went out of his way to help me. Um, and so once I, you know, got fired, I thanked Johnny and he's just like, Hey, I think maybe, you know, maybe down the line we'll, we'll, we'll meet again and we'll work together, but you need to go away and take care of your drinking problem. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't have a problem. And so that just kind of, that was then the next, you know, it just never, never, never ended. So, you know, at that point, again, it should have been something where I woke up and went, Oh wait, I can't be doing this. I obviously have an issue. But in my mind, I did not. You know, nothing wrong with me. So you know that that was that. Uh, so that and then that was the whole of the process too. Like if I'd have left the country, then I, you know, then I'd have been a fugitive. It was a sort of a sticky, grey, right. horrible time for me. You know, looking back, I don't know how I survived all of it. To be honest, and it gets worse from there, obviously. But I mean, you know, it was um, the time there again was very valuable for me and to learn and to to sort of get better as a professional wrestler but it I, it, it, it um, didn't do anything to sort of stop my my issues it sort of it, that wasn't the problem I was the problem but but it just fed into my issues more you know I just I just didn't give a give a shit you know what I mean I thought I'll, I'll be okay <laughs> you know ridiculous no, I understand, and it's it's, it's kind of difficult. So when when you're in your early twenties or your early to mid twenties, you're still figuring stuff out about the world and yourself. And you know, I was the same in my early twenties. I thought that I was nothing I ever did was a problem or anything like that. That then right. it gets to a point where you finally it finally clicks. You finally figure everything out. And you know, I didn't have this written down or anything, but I thought I'd ask. Um, you know what. When, when was the moment when you were like, oh, you know what? Okay, maybe, maybe it is me. Maybe I need to, maybe I need to fucking snap out of it now and get out, you know, and get out of this. You know, how, how did that come about? What was it that the final thing that made you go, that's it, I've got to change? There should have been many. I mean, you know, I got, you know, I got arrested again in, in TNA and had to go through all that, which was awful. 
something that I still, you know, live with, live with all of it, you know, it never goes away, uh, but you just have to keep moving forward. And then I was given a, um, an opportunity to wrestle in Japan too for Noah. And um, that could have been something really great for me and something that I should have, you know, given everything to. And who knows how that could have gone. And within a week, I, I was kicked off that tour because of my looping behavior and um, sort of uh, ex-nade from the, from the history books. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I, and so... It's just it just felt like one one thing after the other that should have been the thing for me to go oh you know hang on a second Ooh, you know uh, you know just, you know a couple of divorces and bad relationships and you know being sort of home quote unquote homeless for periods and having to live with uh, Drew Drew uh, McIntyre Drew Galloway and even uh, Tyrus took me in in for about three months like I just sort of you know bobbing around, um, I don't know, sort of aimlessly. And then, you know, at TNA, they, they want, they, you know, would give me the ball and I would just take it and toss it away. And, you know, looking back, it's like I had all these things and all these opportunities and all this sort of trust put in me. And all I did was was break it every, every time. I just, whether it was subconscious or not, I just always wanted to press that destroy button especially when things sort of seem to to go good whether they're going good or bad i'd have been pressing it but i don't know it's a very bizarre time where i I don't i I don't understand what i was doing who i was uh bizarre when i think back embarrassing and bizarre um so it was the the last straw really was um i'd been trying to quit this would have been i don't know six years ago I, I was trying but not really trying but not really you know in and out of it and then when me and me and my wife uh, Kaylee met um I was drinking a little bit then and you know, things had kind of happened and you know um that I ended up going to uh, see a friend of mine um in uh Vegas and of course, I promised I'd be on my best behavior and all that kind of stuff. And of course, that didn't happen at all. We had gone into a big fight and lots of other things happened. I could have even been arrested that night. And, uh, you know, Kaylee had sort of, you know, she's like, yeah, I won't, I won't do this anymore. And so even though that that, to me, obviously, it's still a big traumatic thing for me and her and, and other people, but it wasn't sort of the point where it, there's a million of other, you know, points that should have been it. And so I don't know if it was just, okay, I've been doing this for a decade now, if not longer, nothing good is is coming of it. I really need to try and just stop. And so um, after that, it was, I think I was definitely resilient for a little point. And then slowly but surely, it just kind of got easier and easier. Now And now it's really something that is... Um, very, very, very rarely would I ever think or would that sort of idea of drinking pop into my head. Um, I obviously worry about um, anything, any big deaths in the family or um, I don't know, anything that would be traumatic enough for me to think about it. That's definitely, that's always a worry. It's a worry anyway, but I'm saying like, that's going to be the test, the, the real test. I think it's, Kaylee, how long have I been sober now? 
She's in the she's in the garden. <laughs> November is is four years, so um, so it's kind of it, it it really does get easier and easier and easier as, as the time goes on. You know, I still have a sugar addiction and, and a tobacco addiction, um, but you know, ultimately, I'm not gonna shouldn't do anything naughty or get myself into trouble or upset anyone by eating too much chocolate. So uh, you know, so back to it. it it wasn't a massive thing but it was just i think it was just the point where it's just like look there's i'm getting older there's no more there's there's no more second chances there's a lot less love in the world it's now and ever you've got to be a big boy and deal with your emotions and deal with um just deal with life i think I, it's so easy to and every, there's so many and millions and millions of people that have problems with addiction no matter what it is but it's because life sucks life is hard and um we're all we're all, um, everyone has their own level of pain tolerance and what they can deal and not deal with. Um, so, but, but I just feel like everyone hurts. Everyone's got some form of trauma. Something's happened in their life, no matter. And so people just don't want to have to deal with that. And so, you know, uh, having to deal with it and, or, uh, think like an adult, uh, look at myself in the mirror, things like that took a bit of, bit of time. But ultimately, uh, it's it's more than likely saved my life. You know, it definitely saved my relationship, and and it's helped build men bridges again. And you know, because I've hurt a lot of people along the way, and so um, you know, uh, showing that it can be done, um, you know, has obviously helped me, and and hopefully it can show other people too that. It can it can be done because it was something that I never never thought I thought thought I'd always drink it. Fuck you, fuck the world. I hate everyone, but really I just hated myself. Um, and so you know, I just think that it, for people that do have issues or whatever, and I understand that they hurt and they want to numb it, but you can get out of that because life now is so uh, it's just smooth and easy, and my man. It, could have always been this way, smooth, easy, everything works. There's no issues. I, I'm not looking over my shoulder. Like, I don't understand why this wasn't me from the get-go, you know, so. <laughs> no, well, thank you so much for sharing about all, all of that stuff because, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like I, I, I've been similar in a way, although I never got into any big trouble. Um, I guess I got away with all my uh, naughtiness but uh you know <laughs> um you know I, I my, one of my big problems was self-sabotage you know something good comes mm. my way and I ended up ruining it for myself by self-sabotaging it because I just can't allow myself to be happy it finally <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it finally took me to be you know 30 31 years old to finally or snap out of it and just just try and be happy and enjoy being it's, happy uh, and not not be like oh i'm happy so uh, i feel uncomfortable being happy so i'm going to ruin it by making myself miserable again uh, <laughs> right and or i've done really really well i'm really happy so it'll be fine if i do this <laughs> exactly yeah. but it, i think which hitting your 30s uh, i remember kurt angle was telling me like don't don't worry brown you've got till about 40 before you really need to you know uh, get your head on your shoulders you know what I mean? But but as soon as sort of once I was in like them, you know, 32, 33, that's when I was like, ah, it's probably time to, <laughs> to kick out of this now, you know? Yeah, totally agreed. And uh, look, let's get into some NWA talk here uh, as we uh, head towards the uh, end of the interview here, bro. Um, 
right now you're the NWA television champion. Uh, you've been bubbling under the glass ceiling like your mate Chris Adonis for some time there. You're almost there. Do you think there's going to be a time soon where you and your wife will both be world champions? Um, I mean, uh, uh, I, I would say yes. Um, uh, I feel like I feel like my body of work the last, you know, four or five years has been pretty good. I'm obviously getting older. My body hurts. I can't move like I used to. So there's limitations coming from, from that part. But I think that, like, at least now me being clear-headed, clear sober, um, you know, trying to be the best professional wrestler I can be, I feel like, okay, well, if the company is going to, Billy is going to go, okay, here's the, here's your run or whatever. I feel like at least now um, they can be confident in doing something like that with me and I can be confident with me too. Because uh, that that's always a fear um, to press that button again. And it's something that I really, I really want to leave the, the back end of my time in pro wrestling. I want to leave it how it should have been the entire time. I want to, uh, I want to be able to walk away from it and go. Well, at least the back end was good. At least I was who I should have been at the back end. Uh, I might have taken the long way to get there, but eventually, in some form or another, I proved to myself and everyone else that I can be that. I can be that person. So I, I, I you know, I hope so. Ultimately, uh, it's not my decision. So, uh, you know, I just, I just do what I do. Uh, if you, whatever the task is, uh, whatever is asked of me, um, I, I'll, I, I do it. Um, I think that's what we all should do. I mean, that's, that's what we're in the job to do. Uh, I'm not the owner. I don't, I don't book things. Um, but I'll just do as I'm told. Absolutely understand. Uh, there was a moment in time, I think it was last year, I think uh, Matt Cardona got injured. They had to vacate the belt and then um, a bunch of guys had come out, you know, wanting to be a part of the match for the new champion. I was like, now's the time. Now's the time. Latimer should be winning it here. Um, that's just me. I thought that was the time because, uh, you know, I love, I love when things like that happen and uh, there's an opportunity and then all of a sudden someone rises up to the top. But, you know, didn't didn't happen that way, but that's okay. Uh, I'm sure no, it will in the future. I got to wrestle uh, my friend Sam, Sam Shaw. Thanks oh, to yeah. Him. So just having him around for that, because he was obviously there for a heartbeat <laughs> before we snapped him up again, but it was glorious to be able to share the ring with the, that guy again. So uh, I miss that guy and love him very much. <laughs> <laughs> that's very cool. Um, so, okay. Uh, I, I had Nick Aldis on the show ages ago, uh, but I asked him about Strictly Business because I thought it was a great stable in the NWA. Uh, you got, you know, yourself, Camille, uh, Nick, uh, Chris Donis, uh, May, uh, as well of, as uh, Royce Isaacs and, of course, Scott Steiner. Uh, what are your fondest memories of, you know, that time with that group of people? Um, obviously, Nick's, you know, one of my closest best friends. And so, um, you know, we've always somehow, I mean, we live 20 minutes from each other again now. We're always somehow coming in and out of each other's life, whether it's um, professionally or, um, you know, just good for pals. 
So I, I love any time that I can be around. Obviously, people that I'm close to, my friends and stuff like that. And then working with people like that is, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot easier because you can, um, you, you you understand each other and what needs to happen and things like that. So I don't, the whole that whole period anyway was a sort of special, unique time. Um, you know, it sort of, when it, when it sort of came to be, it was, um, you know, a lot of people were talking about it and it had, you know, some real good buzz. So the whole time was special anyway, just because it was the start of his journey. Um, but I mean, um, you know, I, probably in the ring is probably when we, when we beat up Tim, um, we turned on Tim. Um, but, um, that, you know, and obviously Scott being there too and hearing one of his promos is, uh, <laughs> so but i mean the whole time was good and you know the roster the roster was was good a lot of the, a lot of the guys are gone now and stuff but you know it was just a special time in in general so you know um as far as the wrestling part probably those bits but in in the whole picture i just really enjoyed that whole that whole time it's fresh it's new it's it's, it's exciting it's got buzz you know so it was a cool time that's excellent to hear. And, uh, you know, you have been such a, a big part of the NWA since, you know, Billy's uh, done what he's done with the company. Or sorry, I should I say William Patrick Corgan has done with the company. Um, what do you think that the NWA need to do to kind of like get to that? Because it's doing so well as far as I'm concerned. What does it need to do to get to that like next level? You know, does it need like a, I don't know, like, I don't know, it's hard to ask uh, this question, but like, what do you think uh, is missing that uh, will help propel NWA to like a bigger spot, uh, you know, within the world of pro wrestling? I don't know. I feel like we need to stay different to everything that's out and about. Um, wrestling is now a niche of a niche of a niche. <laughs> and so it's really hard to sort of pull in the, the, the casual viewer or the the. There was a lot of people that used to watch wrestling. They're still alive. They're still out there somewhere. They just don't want to watch anymore. So that needs to be addressed as a whole. Like, what happened for us to lose that big chunk of people? Um, and that goes for pretty much every every company, I guess, besides WWE. Um, so I just feel like we need to make sure that we stay different. Uh, if we're going to give, there's so much wrestling so much wrestling uh that okay if the market is oversaturated what can we do that they aren't doing you know the i guess more i guess just more of that more of uh not say the word differentiating um ourselves from from every everybody else and going back to that um more old school type pro wrestling and Back to the studio, maybe and more promos and, and things like that. Um, again, it's like that's out of my jurisdiction. I I don't know. I'm not. Uh, that's not my forte. I, I just know that whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it to the to the best of my abilities, and that's all that I can control. So that's that's all I worry about. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, fair enough. Just what uh, you know. Every time I, I have someone that works there on the show that's been there for some time. I'd like to ask about that because, you know. Oh, no, sure, I totally understand. Well, you you tell me, what do you think? Ah, well, that's, I think it's the first oh, time in uh, nearly 170 episodes someone's asked me a question. 
um yeah stay the course stay different that's definitely I, I like that i don't know what the infrastructure's like with the nwa if there's a lot of people wearing many different hats which uh could possibly lead to people getting burned out because they're doing so many different things i don't know if that's a thing but just wondering what the infrastructure's like there if there's a head office or anything like that i don't know um but yeah what do you like what do you like this plaid uh, what, what do I like? Yeah, what do you like? What do you dislike? What do you think could be bad? Because mm. ultimately, ultimately, it's you that is the 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 ones that we need to we need to please. I do I do a lot of reviews on our YouTube channel of the pay per views. Um, uh, so um, I always offer my advice. My advice. I just say what I what I like and what I dislike, really. But. Uh, what I like is I like that uh, it's going back to feeling like it's real in a way. Um, it's not phony. Um, it doesn't insult my intelligence as far as I'm concerned. So that's like the thing that I like the most is like when there's a blood feud, it feels like, you know, it really means something and it's not all this hokey crap and, and all that stuff. And, and I like the fact that um, even when you have like a junior heavyweight division there with a, like a Kerry Morton, et cetera, the, the, the matches aren't, you know, like some of these other uh, companies that have these high-flying matches where all realism is taken out. They still keep the realism in there, even if it is guys that are, uh, you know, of a weight class, it's a little bit lighter than the than the heavyweights. Um, so it's that stuff that my biggest pet peeves of wrestling is like, everyone suddenly has fallen to the outside and they all happen to be in that part of the area uh, out the front of the ring uh, near the entrance ramp where there's a lot of area for people to suddenly do these dives where it's so coincidental that they all happen to be standing there. Where that stuff drives me crazy, bro. So um, I, yeah, don't, I don't see it that much in the NWA. So again, things don't insult my intelligence there. Um, if there's anything that um, change or make better, geez. Um, I don't I'll know. jump in. Jumping okay. with some because, yeah, of course, you need good quality pro wrestling, um, uh, stuff that makes sense. There's there's a there's there's room for everything, but again, like you say, it needs to make sense, there needs to be a reason for it to happen. Again, back to that point, you can't just toss a guy out and dive on him, defeats the purpose. You're trying to beat the guy in the ring, whatever, right? But ultimately, I think that what I would like to see more is more feuds and more storyline more consistency um and that way the viewer you know, like when you watch a soap or whatever you you, you want to be taken on a journey you want to um you want to feel emotionally a certain way about something you want to even if they're not wrestlers you might like maybe the storyline is good enough to suck you in and i think that I think the more we can get back to good versus evil and a nice, simple storyline we can follow that is consecutive and follows through from the start to the end, that I think would really help. Because we can rock, watch a million cold matches everywhere and it doesn't mean anything. Who gives a shit? Like, um, it could be a terrible, it could be a shitty match if the storyline is there or there's a good build-up. Even hell, video packages. When I was a kid, I loved those things, you know? Rock Austin, WrestleMania. Like, <laughs> give me some of that. That's, that's, just, that's, that's my thing. I just, again, you go back to the strictly business thing. 
but they, they just, you know, it was the storyline there. And I think for me, wrestling is whatever. It's more about the emotional um, attachment that you have to it. Yeah, I That's agree. No, no, now that you mentioned that kind of thing, like, yeah, like uh, I do like video packages before the matches because I find that I get more invested as a fan. If I've just seen the build up to this fight take place just before it happens, it, you know, if it's on the big screen there live in front of the crowd, I find that it makes people more invested um, because you never know. Someone might be tasting the product for the first time as they're seeing this. So, you know, if they're brought up to speed before the match, then the investment is there. Uh, so things like that. I also oh. like to see like more things outside of uh, the ring, ringside area and backstage for an interview because the buildings that you're in, there's a whole world there that you can utilize um, for different scenarios. Um, that's just me. I, some wrestling companies, I feel like, man, you have a whole arena to work with and, and I feel like there's so much more that could be done um yeah it's, it's not just about what's the ring ringside area you can tell so many stories from so many different areas of the building as far as i've been saying so um, right that's just, it's a setting you know and like you say there's so many things i mean even go back to video packages remember having video packages uh like the ascension and stuff that i do it that impact and even i would get hyped up listening or even icw in the uk I'd hear the video packages, I'd hear the crowd, or I'd be able to sit on the monitor, and even that would pump me up for the match, you know? So it, just even as a worker, like, that stuff really, it's like it helps you get into the the, the mood, you know? you you got to sort of put your game face on and, and, and feel it. Um, so, yeah, you, the, there's, a, there's a lot. There's a lot that could be could be covered with it. But, yeah, it definitely a change the scenery, more storylines, um, you know, because the wrestling is... The wrestling is... The, the whatever part everyone can wrestle of course of course and uh again with the nwa you, you've been doing so well there for so long now and uh just want to throw this at you is it the ultimate destination for you right now or in future would you like to give another company a crack sometime um yes of course um but i'm also not delusional um times have changed a lot there's not a lot of second chances anymore <laughs> so there's that or i also feel that um i'm uh what's the word um you want to be part of something you want to feel like you know your family you're valued you're worth a shit and i feel that there um, I feel that at the NWA, um, I've got a good relationship with everybody. Um, and uh, I feel that for me, ultimately, if I was to stay there till the end of my career or time wrestling, um, I'd be absolutely fine with that too. I want the place to succeed. I want everyone to make money. Um, I, you know, there's no real reason to leave, I, I, especially if the place keeps growing and getting bigger and bigger. I want to be part of that. So it, it's a yes and a no. Um, of, uh, you know, of course, the, the kid of me would love to have a WrestleMania match with a heavyweight belt, but I know it's not going to happen. So, you know, I need to look at it for what it is and, and whatever position, situation, the company, 
which is NWA, obviously. Um, I just want to do the best that I can, and uh, and and just I'm just out to prove something to myself and and to everybody else. So it's a yes and a no, but ultimately, if the end, I want the NWA to keep growing and keep getting bigger and bigger. And if I can be part of that until I can't longer lace the boots and I need to agent or or or, or train wrestlers again or whatever. And I'm cool with that too. I obviously want to be able to somewhat stay in the business, um, but I know that maybe if I'm lucky, uh, maybe through the five to ten, and that's you know really pushing it, probably left to wrestle because there obviously gets to a point where you also don't want to be an embarrassment. And I'm sure I'll get to a point where I'm either balding or something like that. <laughs> okay, Lisa, says, you know what? It's it's time. And uh, and I'll go, yep, you're completely right. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff, bro. Uh, we're getting very close to the end of the interview here, Tom. Um, But I want to ask you one question Um, in regards to Camille, uh, because I asked Miss Kay and Maddie this as well. And I also asked uh, Camille this when I had her on the show. And I just want to keep doing this with everyone from the NWA to pressure Medusa. Um, I want to put you on the spot. Should Medusa challenge your wife for the world title at some point? Because Medusa hasn't had a singles match since I believe uh, the year 2000. So I think it needs to happen. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it might be slightly unfair. You know <laughs> what I mean? A long time to have, uh, to have an absent, 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 ab absence from, uh, from the ring. But um, I don't know. Let me, uh, let me toss that ball out there. What do you think, babe? Did you hear that? <laughs> Not really. No. What was that? <laughs> uh, well, uh, maybe, uh, maybe I think maybe she she likes talking about it, but I don't know how prepared already she would be for it. You know what I mean? But hey, you know, um, if people want to see it, then we should give it to the people, right? Yeah, and it might be only me that's uh, let's going on and on about this, and uh, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just want to. I don't know why. I just want to. I just want to say it. Um, because I think it, I, I reckon it will be great. Um, so anyway, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, is it um, you know anything else that you're hoping to you know accomplish? Uh, obviously, you'd like to be a world champion, but is there anything else uh, on the bucket list in pro wrestling that you want to do? A country that you'd like to wrestle in, maybe Australia, um, something like that. Yeah. Yes, um, we were supposed to go. Right. Um, Whenever the NWA was uh, was there recently, and unfortunately, that didn't that didn't happen. Uh, so Australia is definitely Canada too, but Australia is definitely a place that I want to visit anyway, uh, really badly. Um, and if I can wrestle there too, great. Um, so yeah, definitely. I, I, the more places that I can go and wrestle, uh, the, the better, uh, especially when someone else is paying for the airfare. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, no, for me, really, it's just helping build the NWA and staying healthy um, mentally, physically. Uh, and then yeah, for, a, for a period of time when I, when I moved to uh, Tennessee, like four or five years ago, I was helping run a friend of mine, Crimson's wrestling school. And then after COVID, that shut down. Then I was helping run another wrestling school. Uh, and, I, and at some point, I think I'm going to move back down to Florida to help uh, Jamie Stanley run his school and gym uh, in the Orlando area. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of feel like I want to get back into that. Like I got burnt out a little bit with it and some of the issues, you know, 
sort of taken place. And so now I feel like, okay, I'm ready and to go and help. And, and I want to give, give back, you know, I think that if it gets to the, eventually you've got to, you've got to give back, you've got to help the, the young guys coming in. And I get, I get a weird sort of kick out of that because I can tell them what to do, what not to do. Um, and uh, it, it's sort of special to be able to help and develop people. Like I've had a few people um, right now, uh, Colby Carter is, is one that I put my hat on. He's a, a friend of mine, but I also had sort of trained him for the last year. And so to see him now debut recently and just, just kill it, um, stuff like that is, is, is really, really special. So it's kind of like, of course, I want to be a world heavyweight champion. I want to stay healthy. I want to, you know, run till the wheels fall off. But then I also want to get back into building the next crop and helping develop the uh, the the next lot that that, that come after me. You know, I, I think that it's a bit of a waste to have all this time and energy put into it and not eventually give it back. Um, so you know, I I I want to get back into into you know training, helping train things like that. That's awesome to hear, Brian. I'm hopeful, very hopeful that within the next few years, you will be a world champion. I think you deserve it. I'm a very proud fan here of you here in Perth, Western Australia. Uh, and you know, I also hope you, you make Chris Adonis at some point wins it as well, because, you know, he's been he's been at it for some time and he deserves a, a, a nice moment oh, in the sun as well. Chris is, uh, besides being a great human being, he's a hell of a talent, hell, hell of a worker. I, I love watching Chris wrestle. Like, there's a few people that you know I, I really enjoy watching, and he's one of them. He just he, he has everything, you know. So um, we're both kind of in the in the same boat. So I would love to be able to be defending or wrestling Chris for the belt or whatever down down the road or even become tag champs with him. I feel like we've got so much stuff left in the tank, whether we're together or we're apart. Um, and, you know, for me, anytime I can be around Chris is, 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 is fun and a blessing. So, no, I'm, I'm all for Chris getting a run too. <laughs> awesome to hear, Brian. Uh, so, okay, we're getting to our final segment here. Tom Latimer is finding out about your favorite things in life. The first three are about wrestling. The rest is about a whole bunch of different stuff, but, um, Quick fire questions for quick fire answers. Tom Latimer, who's your favorite pro wrestler of all time? You're a mixture between uh, Jeff Hardy and uh, Shawn Michaels. Excellent choices there. Uh, do you have a favorite opponent over the years? Um, yeah, many. Nick, Mr. Anderson, um, Abyss, uh, Tommy Dreamer. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, I really enjoy wrestling the Usos. Um, oh, Red Titus, Red's great. I love wrestling Red because I can be a broomstick and he can just wrestle around me. Like that's <laughs> that's how good Red is. I can just, I just need to hold on to him and he will get. Like he's just special when it comes to, and also like so creative with his ideas and everything too. So he's someone that I've tried to pair myself up with, even when it comes on to the Indies and things like that. Like, you know, if I get asked who do you want to wrestle, I'll be like, book me with Red, please. You know, because <laughs> uh, I won't need to worry about anything. Red will just do everything and put me in whatever I need to be in. So no, he's tremendous. Um, I feel like there's more. There's lots of I drew Drew Galloway. Um, you know, people like that. People like Drew, Bobby, Rude, Bobby Lashley. Like a lot of these guys when you wrestle them, EY, 
you know, you have to sort of fight them. And so I kind of, I always, uh, I, I always sort of in, enjoy that because it's like, if I don't fight them legitimately, almost fight them, I, I won't get anything. And so <laughs> I kind of, I, that way you've got to sort of like, you have to actually, I've got to, I've actually got to do something here. Uh, and then in the UK, uh, Rampage Brown, who's one of my, my close friends, and he's the, in my opinion, the best UK wrestler uh, of, of my age. So there's, I'm sure there's a lot more. So if I'm missing anyone, James Storm, people like that, yeah. um, you know, anyone else, I apologize. <laughs> no problem, bro. Uh, the next one, favorite match that you've ever had. If someone asks you, hey, Tom, can you show me a match? I, I've never seen you wrestle. You know, show me what it is that you do. What would be the perfect pick to show them? What, what would that be that match? Man, that is a tough one. I, um, it usually is for a lot of people. It's... I don't. I, I I don't really know. I think if I was to say my WWE run is probably the match that me and Ryan had with me and Connor had with um, just Justin Gabriel, PJ, and um, Tyson Kidd. That was one of my favorite NXT matches. Besides some of the stuff we did with the use of, it was just a real fun, cool match. And even the end. They went over, and when we get to the back, Triple H is like, "Oh, you guys are supposed to go over, go back out there and refilm the end." So to go back out and re refilm the end, so we won instead. Um, but so besides that being bodged there, it was probably one of my favorite matches at, at NXT. And then uh, Impact, I, I always had a blast with the base. I know they were sort of um, quote unquote garbage ish matches, but uh, just the fact that Abyss sort of uh, was happy to sort of like build me and put me over. And at the time, again, I didn't realize what was happening. I, you know, I took it for granted, but I appreciate him and, and what he did to help build that Brown character at the, the, at the start. Um, and then my feud, but I, I enjoyed my feud with, uh, with, with Magnus too, when we were in the UK and we had, we had some good matches then. So that's probably my sort of like TNA ish time and with Ken Anderson too me and Ken had some good some good matches um but obviously there's a lot more shenanigans in those it wasn't like a straight wrestling match yeah and then at, at NWA I don't really I don't really know I sort of me and Pope had yeah had a good match at back to the attack when we first came back from COVID that's definitely what a, a, a favorite match of mine especially because there was no one in the arena so it was kind of you know which makes it a lot harder because you've got nothing to, to feed off um and it's a weird yeah. experience and so i really enjoyed that and then i mean at the last tv me and ec3 had a, had a good match and so you know I, everything nothing that majorly stands out um, i think i'm yet to sort of have those i'm i'm ready to sort of have those sort of standout longer matches at, at nwa now so but you know nothing that I could completely hang my hat on. I think that's yet to come. Okay, well, that's cool to hear. Uh, and now we're finally getting away from wrestling. Uh, do you have a favourite book? Oh, uh, I wish I could read. Reading, <laughs> <laughs> I, I when I read something, uh, so my brain just. I, if I was to read a script, like my 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 friend and acting coach Peggy, I would. I would say to her, so I'm, I'm angry at this point, right? She'd be like, no, 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 you're happy. Why would you be angry? I'm like, oh, man, like, I just read everything wrong. So I'm not, um, I think probably one of the last books I read was either like a, probably like a wrestling book. 
What's the last book that I read? I've read since I know you. Okay, I've not read since Kaylee's known me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Active books that people have bought me over the years, like yeah. Sabu his book a little while ago, and I'm still yet to read that. I've got so many that I, I like need. Getting read too. Pardon? I like getting read too. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's maybe start reading me Sabu's autobiography uh, tonight. So, you know, I don't have a good answer for that one. Sorry, mate. <laughs> that's okay. A lot of people um, uh, struggle with the the favorite book thing because a lot of people listen to like audio books and things like that now. It's 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 a oh yeah. World. Who need to get into force myself to to to, to try and read? Uh, I, I really I really should. Yeah, no problem, bro. Right. I've got a what? What PlayStation is it? Whatever the new one is, I bought that like eight nine months ago. I think I've played it like five times. Like I've got ten games. Like I'm just I'm just crap when it comes to getting around to doing stuff. So anyway, <laughs> now the same. I bought a Nintendo Switch and I played it twice. It all okay. these hundreds of dollars and <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm gonna play you tomorrow, and I never do. <laughs> Uh, the next one's favorite TV show. Oh man, I think the last TV show that I watched consistently from start to finish is probably Breaking Bad. Uh, probably, and then the, maybe the first season of The Wire, which was good. Um, I'm I'm a documentary guy, uh, so I don't. I pre I pretty much just watch documentaries, and they could be pretty much anything, more or less. Um, I like my uh, my aliens and my UFOs and my weird stuff like that. So I watch a lot of sort of bizarre documentaries. Um, so, but but yeah, the last TV show would probably be Breaking Bad. So that shows you how long ago that was. But I, I'm a guy that just watches documentaries. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I'm going to send you some uh, documentary recommendations on Twitter. And also, Breaking Bad is my favorite TV show. So good choice. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, favorite film? Oh man, I'm a big Tom Hanks fan, so I love Forrest Gump, Green Mile. Um, anything Tom Hanks does is predominantly great. I think he's tremendous. Um, I like Signs until the end. I think that's a great film until you see the alien at the end, and like they just ruined it. We should never have seen the monster. <laughs> um, I, I'm a big fan of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'd probably say Fear and Love in Alaska. If I was going to be sat down or if that was like a password for for a bank, it'd probably be Fear and Love in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. I love that film as well. Um, uh, okay, next one. I'm excited to hear this one. Uh, favorite musical artist or band? Oh, I've got so many. And that changes daily. Um, I'd have to look on my Spotify to tell you. I'm a big deaf core sort of screamy fan I, me and I dragged Kaylee to go see Signs of the Swarm uh, the other day um, and then I feel like so the band that does my entrance music for the NWA Summoning the Lips, they're playing on the first which is me and Kaylee's first weekend off together so I'm dragging her to see Summoning and Through the Eyes of the Dead um, <laughs> so she's, she's, she's super excited about that uh, but yeah, I, I, all that sort of genre. Any, I love my screaming, my low squirt screaming, my high. Sweet, I, I love all of it. You know, I'm not a, I'm not the biggest fan of of clean clean vocals. So. 
Okay, fair enough. No, that's interesting. Because, like, I, I see, like, your, your tights and I see, like, the way that the logo of, of your name is. And, like, yeah, he, he, yeah. Likes, he likes heavy music, I can tell you right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> Get less and less away from that sort of look, but I still try to keep it somewhat in there. Or whatever tattoos I have, I try and put on my gear and things like that. I love meditating outside <laughs> and then coming into the house with death metal on. Did you hear that? Yes, I did. He's <laughs> outside he relaxing. Loves, uh, and he loves meditating in the garden and coming back in here. And... <laughs> just, uh, he just comes in and turn it off straight away. And like, that's get, that, you feel good, but, you know, it's uh, it's kind of weird. Like, that shoes and calms me. And I, and, and I know listening to that music, if I wasn't into that, I'd be like, this is absolutely awful. <laughs> comes in from uh meditating to listen to uh, cannibal corpse or something like that it's that sounds yeah like... peak feeling yeah yeah it go down. <laughs> uh, getting away from the arts now do you have a favorite food tom um chocolate excellent i guess that's food right um, yeah technically yeah i'm a sweet guy which is a real pain in the ass. Uh, I wish I wasn't. I wish I was a, you know, pizza big guy. Don't get me wrong, I'll eat that. But I'm a big chocolate sweets kind of kind of guy. I'll, you know, I prefer a cake over a over a burger. Right. Interesting. Um, do you have a favorite place to eat on the road? Uh a Brazilian steakhouse. Kaylee hates that too. Like uh <laughs> because go there and eat as much meat until I, it's sweating out of my pores and so I love it I just feel like yeah it's a bit expensive but I I make sure I get my money's worth like normally the staff there stand and they, they watch me and eventually I know that they're like right get rid of him <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh, Tom Latimer if you're thirsty what's your favourite beverage what do you go to um I like the new ghost energy drink. I'm a, I drink a lot of water. I try to, uh, but probably um, a, a diet Pepsi or a Pepsi Zero. And I like Dr. Pepper too. Uh, not the biggest lemonade fan, but yeah, generally brown diet drinks. Very nice. I love Dr. Pepper as well. Um, okay, this next one. Could be considered the naughtiest one out of these, but you know, Tom Latimer sees a good-looking lady. You know, where would your eyes go to first? What's your What's your favorite female attribute? Uh, my wife's beautiful smile. Very, very good answer. Thank you. <laughs> and the last question here, Tom Latimer, uh, favorite curse word. Mm. I'm from the UK. And so we really like the C word. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't use that. Probably um, I'll go more PG and say bollocks. <laughs> or twat. Very good. Although so I think I use the F word a lot more, um, which I was around Nick the other day and uh, around his son Donovan. And even then I'm like, oh, you know, I, I forget how how <laughs> I use it a lot, you know. So, you know, I don't have we don't have kids, so it's kind of one of those things. I think I probably need to 
figure out a better vocabulary if we did. <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff. Well, uh, Tom Latimer, thank you so much for your time here on the show. Uh, I, this has been really fun for me, even though I, you know, I recorded this uh, and I, I've got work now in uh, five hours or six hours. God bless. Uh, <laughs> but that's okay because i've had fun and uh it was definitely worth it and again i want to say you know uh this is the meaningful thing that i can say to a lot of people uh, i live in perth western australia the most isolated city in the world all the way over here you got a fan in me right here bro and uh i think that you know that, that that's, that's 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 a big thing that you've reached so far well i appreciate that and um you know we talked about this before i don't I don't really like, I'm not the biggest fan of doing podcasts. Um, you know, I have to be careful what I say. Um, and um, I don't know, it's just kind of, there's a lot of clickbaity stuff or, or you know, I just never want to, if I'm going to, I like knowing that I can sort of trust whoever I'm going to talk to and the conversation will be natural and normal and it, it won't be used as an, as an agenda or to, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and the stuff I'd seen of you, um you know I, I i you you appeared to me to be a genuine person that wants to um watch good wrestling and isn't just gonna shit on stuff for the sake of shitting on it and you're not toxic and things like that so you know for, for me it was i wanted to, to speak to you just based on that on that fact like um you know w what you do and the way that you talk about things um is kind of how you know how we would and so i appreciate you for being sort of one of the more genuine um good guys out there doing the podcast thing so i appreciate you oh well, thank you very much bro that really means a lot to me that that, that what, that's what makes doing this all worth it so uh, uh again appreciate your time so much tom and, and and thank you one last time no thanks mate uh anytime let me know when you want me back Wonderful, bro. And, and thank all of you out there for joining here uh, for me in my interview here with Mr. Tom Latimer, NWA World Television Champion. This has been a great time. I hope you've enjoyed it. And we will see you down the road. Thank you. Network, that's the way we blind. Get puppies. Don't say, network, that's the way we blind. Get all of us has been paid for by the WZWA Network.